Getting it up on the right side for Panarin. Panarin in on the left wing, stops, drops it back. Got a shot away, they score! The shot was partially deflected and all but slowed up. And the Ranger player was all alone on the side and it is Lindgren, the defenseman, who puts it home. Leaf Station post game here, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Gordo, you know, Leafs jump out to that 3-1 lead. Uh, 3-1 quickly becoming the new 4-1 lead uh, in Leafsland. Not the night they would have liked tonight uh, in Madison Square Garden. I didn't see this one. I'll tell you that, Brent. Uh, disappointing. Really was pumped about the game tonight. And uh, uh, Houston, um, they got a problem. They got a lot of positive things competing against the elite teams in the NHL. Uh, I know they're missing some players, COVID and injuries, but so is every team. But this is not a fun trend, Brent, about uh, whether you in St. Louis come back and win the game, but just in general, blowing lead after lead after lead. And once again tonight, uh, blowing a lead and losing the game. Yeah, once again, them jumping out to a three-one lead. You, you you love that, and you know I think I think you nailed it there, Gordo. That you you had a bit of a funny feeling about this one when Ryan Reeves gets a gets a couple of goals. You say mm, this feels like just a bit of a different night, but I mean you love 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 the way the Leafs started the game. Mikheyev gets him on the board, and it's Marner, and you get a bunting goal there, and you know Marner on the power play. It's been such a thing we've talked about. His first on the power play in a hundred and one games. And and you just, it, they were snapping it around. They were really controlling the pace of play. And it just felt to me like, okay, this is going to be the game that lets us all kind of wash away the iffy feelings we've had about the blowing leads. This is going to be the clinical win against a good team on the road. And lo and behold, it's just, it's the exact same script we've seen so many times on this trip now. Yeah, like pretty well every game. And, and, um, you know, I first of all, the Leafs, good on them. They've been, done a good job jumping out. I, I think they have the most three-goal first periods in the NHL. Uh, I think them and the Florida Panthers. And also, the Rangers are a real stingy team in the first period. So, it was, it was, it, you thought this was a real defining period or statement period uh, by the Maple Leafs. Uh, but I liked it. You know, Elliot Friedman said in the intermission that he did check with Gary Galley about one particular goal, just wondering if Rasmus Sandin could have done more or not. And the and actually Galley kind of stuck up for Sandin a little bit on that one. But as they said and we say, uh, the defense is just, it's team. It's team-wise as well. Um, as a team, that's something that's really started to fail them on this trip because that's one of the things, there's two things that have really impressed me about this team if I had to look at growth over last year. And one was about the depth, and that was Kampf and Kasia and Bunting. And the other was whatever, this buy-in to team defense, which Mike Babcock had been preaching and had been ticked they hadn't been able to do. And I know Sheldon Keefe wanted the same, and then all of a sudden it just seemed to click. They went on that run where that was part of their DNA, along with you know the elite players scoring a lot of goals. And it's, it's the part... They, they, they just get running around and you can almost feel it happening and they have to get back to whatever it was that were, was making them a real solid team defensively because this ain't it. No, this this is nothing close to what we've seen this group at its best in terms of team defense and that playing together. You know, we're not talking about the old Peter Horachuk. It's got to have five guys in the picture at all times. We're not quite talking about that, but it's been a team that's just been so much more connected than it's been in the past. You, you nailed it. Every team in this league has had to deal with injuries, with COVID, with guys in protocol, with guys out of protocol. So not to say that this is an excuse. If I'm sitting here looking for the positive saying, well, 
why isn't it going to be this way? Why is it going to turn around? Well, you're, you're missing Kasha, who's been a big, big part of that kind of shutdown line for you, and you're missing the entirety of your second defense pair. Now, granted, Muzzin and Hall have been problems this year, but I think a game tonight kind of points and says, eh, be careful what you wish for if you're if you're trying to run Justin Hall or, or Jake Muzzin out of town because, you know, I, I think, you know, all four of the defensemen kind of below, and look, you know, Riley and Brody weren't perfect tonight, but I think they had fine games. But, you know, the 4D kind of below them in, in the pecking order, you could pick faults with, with any of them. You know, Biega, okay, that's your eighth, ninth D. Okay, that that is what it is. But the other three guys are guys that are really going to matter in Dermot, Lilligren, and Sandine. And I just, you know, and again, it's it's about team defense. It's not just putting it on them. But, man, I think I think missing Hall and Muzzin tonight have really kind of illuminated just what you, you might not quite have in, in those other three. Yeah, I thought Hall had really bounced back from early struggles early in the season. I, I, I Muzzin has just been kind of an uneven, se- uneven season, not a bad season, just kind of a uneven season for him. And 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 you know, the, I've always maintained uh, last year they went big, kind of a more marquee name, and it's a trade deadline pickup in in Nick Foligno. And uh, this year, I don't even think they feel that pressure from the fans uh, like like they did maybe last year. You know that you had to do something something bold. But I, I, I looked at like a Mike Riley that was added last year, kind of a nice trade to the Boston Bruins. And I think they gave up a third round pick. And and to me, that has always been what you need to get some depth on D. It's just kind of another uh, another body that way. The one, Travis Dermott was a minus three tonight. Uh, I really like the guy, but um, he's the one that concerns me most because, you know, if um, the glimpses we've seen about can he be a core four defenseman or can he be a core five defenseman and and uh, you know fill the void internally from within and uh, yeah he's he's had too many he's had too many nights where he still seems to have those uh, inexperienced jitters what have you and tonight was one of those. Yeah, the you know the the thing about Dermot, one, he's been the one guy in that kind of bottom pair that hasn't really had a a set partner, not to make excuses for him by by any means. And then the other thing is he's a guy who now this this wasn't the case tonight, but he's often playing on his offside. He's playing the right side when when he's a lefty. So I think that when you're a guy who is kind of still forging your way, finding your path in the NHL, having those couple of things that don't kind of go in your favor, it, it does kind of neuter a. a little bit what the Leafs can get out of him and you know I, I, I'm with you I like Dermot but I mean the dash three tonight he he has to be better you know he, him and Biega they got burned a couple of times just getting kind of hemmed in in their own zone uh, Lilligren had a brutal brutal turnover right before the third I believe it was the third goal or the fourth goal where he just had a backhand and he's trying to just kind of toss it up the middle and if you're going to do that you, you have to get it out and he didn't so it just kind of highlights the you know and hey we're, we're past the point of this team learning lessons but when you have the three young defensemen like they like they do there in in Sandy and Lilligren and Dermot you're, you're gonna have these nights where guys just have have kind of clear as day you know learning moments teachable moments kind of right right in front of you and and I think yeah I think you saw that tonight I the one thing I will say is you know I think on a night like tonight where things can kind of get really running around and get really hectic you notice TJ Brody in the exact other way just feels like he's kind of always in the right spot always has his stick in the right lane uh, on a night where things are a little squirrely in your zone. He, he stands out like a, like a sore thumb. Yeah, no question. No question. And, and you know, Dermot, he's been around longer than the other guys. So that's kind of why I put it, but you bring up For excellent, sure. excellent point about, you know, 
he he doesn't have a regular uh, partner and playing the wrong side, which is uh, which is huge, which is which is a huge factor. And you know, I don't know. At some point, you end up splitting up the big guys and 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 pairing them with a weaker one to get through, and then give the big guys more minutes. I mean, there's ways you can go about it, and that's what you know. The regular season, you can every 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 game is one eighty second uh, of the whole storyline. So uh, I know it's it's the headline right now. Whenever you're doing a post game show, good, bad, and different. But this is one one thing that I, uh, certainly Sheldon Keefe is going to work on figuring out, just figuring all these diff- different kind of options. So he's prepared for whatever as far as deploying personnel once the playoffs start. Yeah, and that that's again that's what it's all about. Even despite the the rough stretch that this team has kind of been through lately, it is still all about kind of figuring out the pieces, mixing and matching for what's going to put you in the best position for game eighty three when the playoffs start, because that's what's all gonna going to matter for this team. Um, you know, a guy who I I don't think I, I'm not I won't speak for you, but I don't think you're going to be sitting here pointing any fingers at this guy is Jack Campbell. But you know, this has been a run where he's given up a lot more than than he would have liked. You know, the six three final score that's a lot less flattering uh, th- than it looked like tonight for him but you know again the, the you know I think a lot of us were sitting there at the tail end of the St. Louis game going okay Jack and then he makes the big save and then the Leafs get a couple of quick goals but you know not to say there's any any area of real worry or concern but do we have to pump the brakes on you know the Vesna talk with a goalie like this because I, I believe he's now sub 900 save percentage kind of going back to the start of December. Well, Shesterkin made those kind of saves that we've got used to, and he did it, and, and the Rangers' goaltending was a factor the other time they played this year. I, I, I've i said that, and I hey, I love the Vesna talk. I love that he's getting a chance in the All-Star game. I, I've really, I love everything about the guy on and off the ice, but exceptional goaltending, quite often, if that's what you're getting by with, uh, then all of a sudden when you get ordinary goaltending, other things get exposed. Now, I'm not going to say... That's what it is right now. But, yeah, what you say, I mean, it's kind of interesting coincidence. Like, he's he's not giving you poor goaltending, but all of a sudden, ordinary goaltending. And, you know, what is this Leaf team all about compared to the guy that was quite often one of the three stars in pretty well, pretty well every Leaf game before, you know, before this? Yep, and that and I think that's the thing that this team has to kind of that's the thing they have not had to deal with. That's the one element they haven't had to to work with this season has been average goaltending. They've had it in spells when they've gone to wall or when Mrazic's been in, in net, but for pretty much every game Campbell started this year outside of this recent stretch he's he's stopped two or three goals or th- two or three pucks that should have gone in like he's just been able to cover up for some of the mistakes you potentially were making defensively so you know I think that's just kind of one more element look Campbell's gonna get hot again this season this isn't this isn't the best he's going to give you but you need to learn to live or play in front of this version of this guy because if you think you have a long long playoff run in front of you you're going to see the best version of Jack Campbell but you're also going to see version versions of it that looks something more like this where, where he's a little more uh human um you know we we could sit here at doom and gloom all night and hey there, there's plenty to, to to be upset about but you know there's definitely a lot of highlights uh to to check on uh one we'll we'll, we'll start with the uh the highlight that wasn't Austin Matthews nearly tying the record at the end there uh would have been his 11th straight road game with a goal uh, I said I said kicking in the NHL is a little like a catch in the NFL I don't know what's what yes that probably was a kick but I've seen other goals that were more of a kick uh, go I, I I thought there was a chance uh, he was gonna he was gonna tie the record there on that one 
Yeah, I thought there was as well. And I mean, I was there when the presentation, whenever it was 10 years ago by Coldy Campbell and Chris King and those and just that they made that rule change, that it had to be a deliberate kicking motion, which I think was a great change. It gives you some more goals and also it takes away kind of that, uh, the official having to read uh, the player's mind. But uh, yeah, at first I liked it. I thought, oh good, a silver lining. And I also thought, hey, a chance for maybe the Leafs to come and tie it. But then I saw the replay and, and you know, Brent, to your point, it's about the minimal. It's about the minimal, but they're and and let's face it, he was trying to kick it to his stick, you know, stick and what have you, and he, and and he was being reactive in 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 using his skate to get the puck and curl it in towards the stick, but his stick didn't touch it, and it was the slightest slightest of kicking motions, and uh, the officials were very quick, which is what you want. You prefer if the decision goes your way, but you say, take your time if you're going <laughs> to make it our way, but they were very quick with overturning it. So, yeah, that was a real silver lining at the end. That's that's a bummer. That was just kind of a neat, well, he's still tied. He's still tied with that quirky record of uh, 11 consecutive road games, scoring at least a goal. Uh, that uh, uh, that That's just great. I admire him so much for how he plays and, and being able to play that strong and consistent on the road where as we keep talking about it, the other team can get whatever matchup they want out against you every single time. That makes it even more difficult, and that makes it uh, all the more newsworthy. Yeah, that that's the thing that keeps jumping out about this this stretch to me is he's scored them every single way. He scored highlight reels, he scored ugly goals, he scored power play goals, even strength. Whatever whatever you wanted to see throughout this from this stretch from him, you you saw it. And I, I would have loved for him to get that marker tonight. And the other thing about it is, you know, his two way play is not dropped off remotely. You know, I don't think he was necessarily as noticeable. Not to say he was bad by by any means, but it's just the standard he he said over the last kind of, you know, two weeks and change. It's just so hard to kind of live up to that on a night-to-night basis. But, I mean, it's not just been goal scoring that, that you've got out of him. It's been it's been just tremendous, tremendous kind of 200-foot hockey. Let's just kind of focus, drill down on, on, on that line. You know, I mentioned it off the top of the show. Marner gets the power play goal, an unreal feed for, from Nylander. And, you know, I think for Marner, just getting on the score sheet, you know, I, I know he got a goal the other night, uh, breaking that power play drought, that, that has to mean a, a little something to him well i hope it does i hope it does it was, what a what a what a weird stat to go back almost two years before he got a power play goal and you know he's uh, he's been in the top five uh in the nhl in scoring and you know assists are his and setting up and the primary assist are, are his uh his calling card but yeah he's you know uh so i hope it's good for him but he also when i say he has to pick it up a little bit i'm not seeing as many of those Mitch Marner glorious score. I'm seeing them from McKay over the last seven, eight games, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Mitch Marner generally, uh, and what we love about him, has two of those plays per game with his speed in that, that he he brings you out of his seat. And uh, so hoping for more of those, but you know, it was great that he got those goals. And I, I know we're, we're hammering in on the game, but I guess those guys getting big goals for the Maple Leafs. Um, I know Matthews didn't get one, but you know, big scores getting, getting goals. The Ryan Reeves, I was talking to you off here. That, <laughs> like, that's a killer because that gives the Rangers so much momentum. That really does. Like, everyone's so happy. It's his first two goals of the year, and he scores the two goals for the Rangers. And, and you know, that's the guy that, that the Rangers really fed off of. That was the spark, you know, him doing all the other things but not being the big goal scorer, and he scores not once but twice. And, um, yeah, I, I just found – I don't even know where the momentum because the Leafs would get it back at times – but then the you know the ebbs and flows would go. The Leafs the Leafs outshot by a pretty good margin. But 
Yeah, it was funny. I don't know. I mean, Ryan Reeves was just the right guy for the Rangers to provide the spark and the wrong guy for the Leafs to get those goals. Oh, man, the the Reeves thing. Like, when, when I picture him score, or not picture, when I see him scoring and the way the team reacts, just think, and, and I don't mean this as a slight on this guy, but think about how the Leafs responded to Nick Ritchie scoring his first goal as a Leaf. And, you know, no knock on Nick Ritchie. I don't know that he's quite as beloved and ingrained in the team as a guy like Ryan Reeves is. So you kind of just, you can imagine what that does, how it kind of galvanizes. You mentioned the push back and forth that, that we saw. It felt to me like when Nylander, was stopped on the breakaway in the third that was it it just felt like that save that save by Shesterkin just gave the Rangers all the momentum they needed and yeah is it a little silly to kind of drill it down to one moment maybe but I don't know you know we've seen Nylander score so many back-breaking goals for for other teams in in terms of you know just game enders or the the one that puts them up by a couple you know you talk about we thought Matthews going to come through tonight I really thought Nylander was coming through uh, when he had a chance on that breakaway yeah, I was hoping, and and uh, you're right about, and because part of those moments is where they are in the game, as far as being uh, game changing, uh, if that's the right term, maybe that's a bit too strong a term, but but again, the momentum, the big save at the right time, because that would that would have been a real nice play by the Toronto Maple Leafs. They actually had a couple of uh, you know, a strong penalty kill once, which would have been great, you know, to get that shorthanded goal. Uh, the Maple Leafs as well. So yeah, the spark kind of things. The Leafs had it early, and then. I just continued. This time it didn't go back and forth. You know, this other times it went back and forth a little bit. Other games, this time it was the New York Rangers that were the only team that appeared on the score sheet afterwards. Yeah, and uh, you, you last one, one last thing I'll, I'll throw at you before we quickly look ahead to uh, to tomorrow night's game and hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keith. You wonder what's gotten into Marner. You know, it's there, but there's that little extra missing. It's because he has to defer to offensive talent. Michael Bunting, nine goals on the season. You know, we, uh, you know, I kid, you know, I kid. But man, I just, I, I can't get over how well he's he's fit in on that on that line. He got the goal in Arizona the other night, and I was good. I barely mentioned it, but I have to give Michael Bunting due his ninth of the season tonight. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm I'm all I'm all with you. Uh, there's there's. Uh... There's nothing, you know, he keeps scoring that pace. He's probably been, you know, along with Austin Matthews, a, a, a super consistent player. And uh, again, I, I, I marvel that he scored at a pretty good clip uh, in Arizona and, um, and they, you know, and, and they didn't keep him. And I, I'm just a little perplexed about that. But uh, anyway, um, uh, good on Michael Buddy tonight, a little bit ornery as well, which you always like to see from time to time. And uh yeah, we just hopefully, if you're the Leaf fans, uh, onwards and upwards as uh, as they move forward to Long Island. Well, and I think I think the other thing, and I'll, I'll see if I speak for you here, is you you and I have both been pretty forgiving, even keel, in terms of the blowing leads and trying to keep things in perspective. You cannot blow a lead to the Islanders. I don't care if it's a one-goal lead. That is a team that does not have the firepower to push back. They are not a team that can chase the game. On Saturday night, you need to go into Long Island. You need to get a lead, and you need to not give it up. Because, again, I think you and I have been pretty understanding of the way these games have gone. I cannot have another game like this on Saturday in Long Island. 
Well, the, uh, you know, the Islanders are 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight games. I will say that. And because of the excellent play of Pittsburgh and Washington, um, they've, uh, uh, haven't, they really haven't made any strides that way. But, yeah, I mean, if you're a team talking about being, I uh, use the deep water analogy always, of the pool in the playoffs, yeah, you flat out cannot blow leads uh, like, have ha- like has happened the last two weeks for the Maple Leafs. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. Uh, Gord, fun game tonight. Obvious. Well, it was a fun fifty minutes. Uh, last last ten got a little uh, got a little hairy for me in particular. Uh, always love getting on with you, and we'll be back full game uh, Saturday night on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. Anything else from you before we hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe? Well, they announced more games coming up. I'm looking forward to getting back in the flow of three games a week or four games a week. Man, this has felt like an NFL football team or, you know, premier soccer where you play twice a week. So uh, that's all. They're going to come a little more fast and furious, and I'm all fine with that. That's right. Hope you like me and Gord because you are going to get a ton of us, uh, the Leafs, playing a ton of hockey in the month of February. We're thrilled about it. Uh, Us tonight, a little less thrilled about the 6-3 final in New York for the Rangers. Before we say goodbye, let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Hey, Sheldon, it looked like you had a pretty good uh, start to the game. I'm just wondering your thoughts on the game as a whole. Yeah, I thought we, we obviously did have a very good start to the game. You know, we've had a lot of really good starts to games here of late. Uh, obviously, it's been the, the finish that hasn't gone uh, well or the second half of games hasn't gone well. And tonight, maybe, you know, I, maybe the fast start ended up working against us. I, I don't know because I just thought we, we just played the game as always going to be really easy the rest of the way and uh, paid for it. Are you uh, concerned at all that there's a pattern developing? Like there was the pause, there were the first two games without fans and, and just kind of accelerating, but now you're kind of coming towards the end of this road trip and maybe some patterns are starting to develop? I, again, I think today, again, is just another, like in, in the previous games, I thought, I just thought it was different. I mean, today I just thought we played soft and we made poor decisions defensively. Uh, we couldn't sort anything out. Uh, I just thought it was just just far different. Like each game has been different, so it's hard it's hard to to talk about patterns other than the obvious in that we've been giving up leads. But I just thought we got exposed today for being a team that was just soft soft and purposeless and just kind of playing the game and just hoping it was going to work out. But, uh, you know, we were missing important people tonight Um, on defense in particular. So our team game had to be very, very solid and purposeful and trying to make life easier for our defensemen and our goaltender. And and, uh, we didn't do that nearly enough, you know, because of our good start, we were in a position you know, to get at least a point out of this game here tonight. You know, we get two breakaways in the third period. If we score on either of those, JT's got a really good look on a pass from below the goal line. You know, if if those go in, then it changes the result in the game, but it doesn't change how we played. And how we played is not nearly good enough. We didn't uh, – I didn't think we had anybody that played well tonight. Coaches didn't coach well tonight. So today is a much different game than we've played in the others where we've given up and uh, given up leads and such. Just, I just didn't think we had nearly enough urgency or purpose. Next up, we'll go to Kevin McGrath, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Kevin. 
Sheldon, um, I appreciate the candor there. I just I was wondering what you thought of the way Sandy and Lilligren played together tonight. They had tough nights. You know, they had tough nights. I mean, it's, it's a lot to ask of those guys, and it just goes to show how important Jake Muzzin is and even Justin Hall. Um, those guys, as I've talked about a lot, they play very difficult minutes. And uh, you can look at this stat sheet and the, and the minutes and think, well, this guy's capable of playing more. This guy should be playing less. But the type of minutes are different. The responsibilities and the pressures are different. And uh, those guys got a taste of that today. And I, don't, I didn't think it went well for them. But uh, as I said before the game, I, I thought those guys would come out of this experience um, and be better for it, no matter how it goes. One way or another, they're going to be better. You're either going to be better because you proved to yourself that you can handle it and you can go, and uh, and then you're off and running and and uh, and all of that, or you show that you still need to continue to work and continue to pick your spots and continue to develop. And and uh, I think that's what we we saw here tonight. And it was uh, it's a tough night for those guys, but again, they didn't get nearly enough support uh, from how we played as a team. And that's what they needed tonight. You know, you got young guys back there taking on big responsibility. You got to play much, much better as a team. Thanks, Sheldon. We'll take two more here. We'll go to Mark Masters, TSN. Go ahead, Mark. Sheldon, uh, when you talk about the pur- purposeful uh, nature of it, uh, the lack of that, is there an area of the game where that's coming through, the types of plays that we're missing tonight? I mean, there's a play that stands out to me. You know, we're in the neutral zone. It's 3-1 in the second period. Our fourth line is on the ice, and we turn it over in the neutral zone instead of getting it in, establishing a forecheck, and in turn, their fourth line uh, comes to life, gets on the forecheck, wins a puck back, scores a huge goal. Um, I thought, like, just little plays like that where you've got one, one fourth line that goes out with a ton of purpose, and ours um, I didn't think had the same, and it ended up turning the hockey game. Uh, and we weren't good enough in response to that to, uh, you know, to, to win the game or to take care of it or to get the game back going our way. Again, I think we could score more goals than we did tonight. We had those huge chances in the third period. You know, we still carry play in a lot of ways and don't shoot them and all of that, but you can't play soft and purposeless hockey and, and win. Um, and you can't defend the way we defended here tonight and, and give them those clean looks of the net. Obviously, you just outlined some of the issues in front of Jack tonight. The, the puck has been going in. Have you noticed anything different with him this this last stretch? Well, I mean, he's 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 not playing to the same level. I think that's that's obvious. We've come to expect his you know his ability to make big saves, not unlike the one he made midway through the third. There, um, you know, another time we left them wide open at the crease and he made a huge save. We've come to expect those from him, Um, you know, but like I said, we, we didn't play nearly as well, nearly well enough as a team here tonight. Um, And we got exposed in a lot of areas that we haven't necessarily uh, been exposed. And that's why I feel this one's different. And this one, um, you know, this one should bother us greatly. Uh, because uh, just how we played wasn't nearly good enough. And like I said, coaches all the way through the lineup, not nearly good enough. And last one here, we'll go to Terry Cochin, Connor Sun. Go ahead, Terry. 
Sheldon, just overall, uh, the way the losses have gone and, you know, saying tonight's different, I would disagree with that. But can it be a shock to the system for your group, knowing that before all of this, they were capable of much better? And, uh, you know, I don't know how you, how you get back to the other side of it, but can, can it a shock to the system might maybe help going forward now with some of these things that have happened? Or how do you see that? Well, sure. I mean, whatever you're going through, that's the reality. That's who you are and where you're at. Um, you know, we we feel like we'll get ourselves back to be the team that we were. Obviously, we've been playing without important people, whether it was early on the last road trip and, you know, we didn't have we didn't have someone like Marner and now you're playing without Muzzin and Hall today. Cash has been out. Like, those are important people that really help our team. But uh, if, we, if we're going to be a team that accomplishes anything, we've got to be able to, to take that on and, and uh, find ways to play better as a team. That's what, that's what bothered me the most here today. We were just kind of making it up as we went. And, uh, so again, that, that falls on coaches and myself. Uh, it falls on myself uh, to have the team prepared to play. And uh, obviously our start was really good and we liked that, but our ability to sustain it was just not even close to good enough. There is Keith following the 6-3 final in New York. As I mentioned, Gord and I will be back when the Leafs are back. That's Saturday. The road trip continues in Long Island. Thanks so much for listening. It's been Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.